Hello and welcome to volume three of Wrestling 20 Years Ago, and you are here in the land of extreme. With you this month, volume one is EC or is WCW. Um, volume two is in two parts. First part is Captain Carnage for the WF, and part two is your usual TV and rock bottom. And it is that time of the year, which means it's the award shows. There will be a big old end of the year award show coming out as well. So loads to fill in your boots with. Today, we are joined by the one, the only, Mr. Billy Johnson. How the devil are we, sir? No, I'm good, thank you, sir. Uh, I've been uh, enjoying my trip into the land of extreme this month. I say, you know, I could only say at least you didn't get last month and that awful pay-per-view. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, Thankfully. it was very much November to forget, not November to remember. <laughs> so, with it being December, we are doing a little bit of a special on the Patreon feed. Not only will you get the wrestling album show, which me and Eric have recorded, you will also get, for a very limited period of time, namely being, I'll put it up at Boxing Day and take it down or put it up on Christmas Eve and take it out at some point on Boxing Day, even. Um, the WWF, the wrestling album from 1984, I will put up on the Patreon feed for a 24-hour only. Um, so if we get these out on time, you may actually hear that. If you're a Patreon, obviously you'll have access to that. Um, but first things first, Billy, give me some headlines. Okay, uh, tag belts change hands in Japan. So, on December the 13th, in the Kurokan Hall in Tokyo, on the FNW ECW Super Show, Sabu and RVD defeated the Dudley Boys to take their second tag team titles. We'll go into more details on this later on in the show. Magazines are coming soon. So, ECW have just inked a deal with a publisher to publish a bi-monthly magazine starting early next year. And also, in magazine news, the High Times magazine is doing a piece on RVD, which is what Heyman was referring to when he plugged on the 900 line, that Van Damme is in the midst of national con controversy. Obviously, we all know Van Damme likes to smoke. New opportunities in the running of ECW. So, Mr. Heyman is bringing in people to run the business end of ECW so he can concentrate more on the booking side, where his real passion lies. We are yet to hear who and what people are coming in and what jobs they will be doing, but I will imagine we will hear more on this in the coming months. And finally, the latest on New Jack. So, the New Jack Eric Kulis story continues. New Jack faces up to 11 years in prison for assault and battery with a deadly weapon on the 17-year-old Kulis at the ECW show two years ago. 
at November's 1996 ECW event in Revere, Massachusetts, Kulis showed up for a tryout match. ECW say he lied about his age and his experience. His match was changed from a comedy match with midgets to a brawl with the gangsters. During the match, perhaps unbeknownst to Kulis, ahead of time, New Jack sliced open Kulis's head forehead with a knife of some kind and jabbed him with a fork and broke a toaster over his head. ECW promoter Paul Heyman explained later that night to report that the violent actions were part of Kulis's initiation into ECW and that Kulis would be back stronger than ever next time. Kulis, though, let out a blood-curdling scream when New Jack sliced open his forehead. His father, who was at ringside, screamed for the match to be stopped during a minute that followed the bloodletting cut. The ECW paramedic had panicked look on her face as she tried to stop the blood from gushing out of Kulis' forehead for several minutes afterwards. The puddle of blood lying on the mat needed to be mopped post-match. A videotape of the event, originally marketed by the independent company RF Videos, was ordered to be taken off sale by ECW as soon as it became clear the incident would be controversial. The Kulis family sought criminal charges against New Jack, and after two years of working through the court system, as of this month, a trial date was set. New Jack will be scheduled to face a jury trial beginning April the 7th in the Chelsea District Court. New Jack will likely agree his uh, argue his actions in commonplace in ECW, and because Kulis lied about his age and experience, it was caused by him, not New Jack, in the issue that went on. Again, this is an issue that is still rumbling on two years later, and I uh, wonder what will come out of this at the end of the trial in April next year. Though, one of the things I haven't put in the news on here, but it was mentioned on the dirt sheets, is that New Jack believes that he's getting looked at for a potential move to one of the big two. With that hanging over his head, I don't see it happening. So, Billy, out of the news, is there anything that you wanted to discuss? Uh, no, not really. I, I think uh, you covered it all there, Chris. So, we will go into the TV for the month. And week one's TV opens up with Spike beating down Credible and his buddies. We then get a match between Mike Lazansky and RVD for the TV title. This is clipped together highlights. RVD wins after a split leg moonsault. Doring offers to fight Sabu and then changes his mind and puts Roadkill to fight Sabu. We get highlights of Terry Funk attacking Tommy Dreamer at a house show. We then get highlights again of the Dudleys, Big Dick, Bubba Ray and Devon going against Balls Mahoney, Masato Tanaka and Hank Myers. We see the Dudleys win with a 3D and post-match, the Dudleys beat down everyone until out comes Axel Rotten with a barbed wire baseball bat. We get the main event, which is Sabu versus Roadkill. Sabu wins after a top rope leg drop through a table. At the end of the show, Cronus is shown challenging Shane, only for Taz to come out, beat him down, suplex him around, and look as though he has broken his neck. Was there anything out of week one that uh, 
caught your imagination. I enjoyed the the what we saw from the Mike Legowski RVD match. Um, but yeah, this is one of those episodes of Hardcore TV that isn't helped by the fact of the splicing highlighted nature. It was uh, lots of clips in uh, this uh, week's of TV. Um, can't say anything really caught my imagination. I enjoyed what we got to see of Lewanski and uh, RVD. Um, uh, good role for Roadkill to be in, uh, working with Sabu, but um, it was a TV match, so it really didn't matter, and uh, it was really nothing to it all, really, was there, really, the first week? Not really. So, we go into week two, which opens up with three headlines of breaking news, one of which being Shane Broker's wrist in a match at a recent weekend's show, another being the Dudleys assaulting a radio host, this seems to be worked because there was no indication of anything in the news on anywhere else. And the Sabu getting re-injured by Taz <coughs> and the Dudleys, which we will cover more of that in a little while. <coughs> First up, we get a tag match between Nova and Chessy and the FBI. And before the match, we find out there's a new member to the FBI in the one-man gang. Again, do you even have to be Italian to be in the FBI? Or are we going to secretly say that one man gang has got some Italian roots? <laughs> During the match, Nova is injured. So Chetty goes to the back and Tommy Dreamer comes out as his part to finish the match. The FBI win the match after bent ref Jeff Jones doesn't count the free count after Dreamer and Chetty hit dueling finishers. Out comes Justin Kerrible, who canes Tommy. Tracy gets the roll-up and the win. We then have Lance Storm in the ring, saying that he's watched the Wrestling With Shadows video, and he won't be screwed, so he won't be working. Mikey issues an open challenge, which brings out Ron Price. Mikey then runs off saying that he doesn't want to have a fight. He was wanting a wrestling match. Ron Price then opens an open challenge. And out comes New Jack. And as, our, as is tradition, New Jack brings his bin of weapons, beats the shit out of him with them, and wins the match after a top rope guitar shot. We then get arguably one of the matches of the month in a number one contenders match for the TV title, between Justin Credible and Masato Tanaka. Tanaka takes the early advantage in the match with an armbar. Tanaka then hits a shoulder block and a reverse power slam powerbomb. Hits a top rope drop kick. Shane hits a super kick, but Tanaka back with some big elbows and they both roll to the outside. Tanaka hits a leg sweep into the railings and a running chair shot. Back into the ring, Tanaka hits a beautiful drop kick and gets a two. Justin manages to reverse a DDT into a reverse DDT onto a chair into the corner for some chops and a second rope elbow drop which gets a two count he puts on a long headlock and Tanaka finally gets his power up hits a clothesline goes up top with a chair but Tanaka gets his foot up Tanaka tries a dual tornado DDT but that is reversed into a running DDT for Justin for a two Tanaka then hits a suplex stunner for a two a tornado DDT, 
but Jason breaks up the pin. He then kicks Tanaka, though Tanaka hits him with the DVD. Chastity comes in, tries to get in the way, but Tanaka kisses her. Justin waits only to cane with the cane, only for Tommy to come in and hit him first. Tanaka then hits a second rope rolling stunner for the big win. See, in fact, this is one of the only matches of this month that we do a full match view on. Billy, <laughs> how impressive is Tanaka? Uh, incredibly impressive. Um, I sort of uh, always written him off, really, as just a deathmatch guy or a blood and guts sort of wrestler because, of unfortunately, he's associated with FMW and he's been in a few nasty video nasty matches. But... Um, had that really good match with uh, Mike Awesome at Heatwave and uh, another one here as well. Uh, showed some incredible in fighting spirit uh, throughout and uh, just incredible. Um, once again, proving that he can have uh, really good matches, even if he's uh, a bit of a shit. Yeah, he is a rat face shit bag, but he does have interesting matches pretty much every time. Um I have to say, Tanaka's wonderful rolling stunner. When's Stone Cold going to try that one? Oh, God, with his neck, probably never. <laughs> but, yeah, at least we had a Tanaka match where he doesn't get pelted around the head with a fucking load of chairs. Yeah, I, I don't really want to see that again, to be perfectly honest. It was a bit uneasy at times to see that sort of stuff. Just the thing, I, I get that that's his big thing to take massive chair shots and, you know, how he sells them. Yeah. But it, it got to the point where I'm like, you don't have to do this in every single match. And no, thankfully... It's probably not a good idea to do it in every single match either, Chris, you know. Um, yeah. Poor, poor guy will uh, not... Well, he'll, he, he, he will end up... Uh, well, <laughs> he won't be able to string a sentence together like I'm having a problem doing. Maybe I've been concussed too many times. <laughs> so we follow that with a Fonzie promo where he says that if Sabu and RVD don't win the titles in Japan, he will split up the team. Nova is seen at the uh, sink. Can't think what the word was there. <laughs> to so, say yeah. bathroom. <laughs> yes, there we go. In the bathroom. <laughs> Saying that he needs to take himself seriously as Stevie left him, Raven left him, and now Meanie's left him. Oh. <laughs> we then get the Dudleys. Jeez, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no man, for I'm taking my goal worldwide. You see, growing up inbred, and having to wear tie-dye, you ain't got much to live for. The Dudley boys ain't never had much to live for. Except these. Our world tag team title belts. In a couple hours, we're gonna be hopping on a plane and heading on over to Tokyo, Japan to defend our world tag team titles in Corrigan Hall, the most prestigious arena in Tokyo, the ECW arena, if you will, of Japan, and hot on the Dudley Boys coattails. Mr. Monday Night, Rob Van Dam, and Sabu. The biggest world tag team title match that Japan has ever seen. 
the Dudley Boys versus Sabu and Van Dam. I know what everybody's thinking. You're thinking the Dudley Boys are gonna lay down. You're thinking the Dudley Boys ain't got a shot. We're just here to let those guys shine. Well, you're dead stinking wrong. We don't lay down for nobody. We got bad news for you, boys. You can't beat us. We're tougher than you, and we're better than you. It's time for you boys to put up or shut up. Hell, if you beat us, we'll hand you these damn World Tag Team titles. But if you lose, Sabu and Van Dam split up. And Lord knows, there ain't nothing more that the Dudley boys love than splitting up tag teams. The gangsters. The Eliminators. We took your hardcore hero, the Sandman, and in front of his pregnant wife, snapped his neck. We took, on a fateful night, in New Orleans, 102-pound Beulah McGillicuddy and snapped her neck like a twig, and we enjoyed every minute of it. Now, I know what you're thinking. We ain't exactly uh, gone by the rules to get these belts or to hold on to them. But you know what? We're going to up the ante. We don't have to cheat. We don't have to lie. We don't have to steal. All we need is each other. So when we get off that plane in Tokyo, Japan, there will be no sign guy, Dudley. There will be no brother Joel Gertner. And there will be no big dick Dudley. What? What's the problem? I mean, no big dick. Did we need anybody to win these titles? No. You got my back? Yes. Do I have your back? Yes. So what the hell are you so scared of? Oh, testify! Sabu and Van Dam, you better be ready for a fight. Because we are the Dudley Boys. The five-time ECW World Tag Team Champions. And we're gonna do something that is gonna make those people hate us more than they ever hated us before. We're gonna beat you clean. One, two, three, in the middle of the ring and prove to the whole world that you boys ain't nothing and that we truly are the greatest tag team in the world today. So I lay down my belt before you. I get down on my hands and knees. And I beg you boys, come to Japan. Get in the ring with us. And if you can beat us, you can take these titles. But beating the Dudley boys is a lot easier said than done. So what you've just heard there is the Dudleys obviously telling us they're going to go to Japan for the biggest match in the world. They won't lay down and they break up tag teams. They've broken up the Gangsters, the Eliminators, and next will be RBD and Sabu.
And then to end the show, we see Justin asking if he and Tommy have got a problem, if that is his new hot thing, and that the company is all in his hands. He blames Chastity for the loss against Tanaka because she dared to not be in a flannel shirt. So, week two's TV out of the way. Obviously, you know, we've discussed the main part of the show, which was the number one contenders match. Yeah. Um, but anything with, obviously, you know, one man gang being Italian and. Uh, <laughs> the man from Jack Chicago that's Jack. Italian. <laughs> uh, I, I think Justin Credible had a pretty sweet looking South Park shirt on. That was. Uh... Probably about the again. It, it's, it's, this TV show really hasn't given us much to talk about because there really wasn't anything of uh, of importance going on in this show. It was just sort of uh, a few weeks of building up um, the main event, which uh, will be happening next uh, year uh, at Guilty as Charged. Yeah, it's just more sort of going towards the Taz stuff. With Taz, Shane, and Sabu, and obviously, you know, any bit more of that. So, mm. we are off live via satellite for week freeze TV, where we are in Tokyo, Japan, in the Kurkan Hall. Unfortunately, we only get highlights of both the matches on this show, which is rather annoying because I would have preferred to see the full things. But we open with an ECW title match between Shane Douglas and Gato. Um, again, this is quite heavily highlight package style where you don't even see full scenes. It is literally sort of, they did this move, splice, next set of, oh, they did this move, splice, next set. What we do know is Shane won the match after hitting a Fisherman Buster and that Japanese commentary overpowers Joey Styles. <laughs> we follow that up with RVD and Sabu in the back. Fonzie saying that he will split the team up if they lose and RVD says that he's going to win the belts and make sure the team don't get disappear. We then, for some unknown reason, get highlights of Mickey versus Jerry Lynn from a house show back in the States. Storm comes out during this match and helps Jerry Lynn win after smacking a chair across Mikey's head. And again, for unknown reasons for why I don't know, they re-show the whole of the Tanaka versus Mike Awesome match from Heatwave 98. Not complaining, it was a really good match, but I don't know why we had to have the whole thing here. We then get the main event of the evening, where the Dudleys defend the tag team titles against RVD and Sabu. Again, annoyingly so, only highlights, but what we do see is a very interesting match between the two of them. RVD in the win after hitting a double Van Daminator against Bubba and getting the pin. So, after last year's wonderful FNW show where they showed full match high, full matches of the bigger matches and highlights of the rest of the whole show, 
they've not given us much to work with this year from the from the Japan tour. Unfortunately, not. But then uh, I think it was like only Tommy Dreamer, the Dudleys, Sabu, Rob Van Dam, and Douglas were the only ones that went out there. Yeah, I they think... didn't take a full crew this year, uh, like no. last year. They took a few more of uh, of their guys. Um, but instead of getting the Tanaka and Awesome match again, again, as I said, it is a good match and was a yeah. highlight of that of Heatwave. Mm-hmm. I would prefer to get the whole of the RVD. Sabu Douglas match or whole of the the Gado Douglas match. Yeah, because I did like the way that uh, they took the show basically uh, to to Japan via satellite. Uh, I like the whole look of it. It looked different um, mm. to what you would on a traditional American wrestling show, and I think it, if they had more of it, it would have been great. But for whatever reason, um, I think. It might be something to do with uh, on FMW's end. They might have uh, been recording it for a VHS release or something along those lines, and mm. they might not want ECW to be showing the entire match. So that's why, unfortunately, we ended up with the clip form. But no, the the Dudleys versus RVD and Sabu. From what I've saw of it in clip form, it's definitely made me want to to go and uh, search on the internet to see if I can pick up a VHS of it. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be uh, putting some, keeping an eye on the back of Power Slam for the older tape trading lists of uh, if this one comes up. I'm sure that uh, bloke Rob will uh, have it for sale on his website. Probably. Um, but, you know, you're lucky if you can get the internet around your way. My uh, dial-up modem. I daren't try and use it for too long. <laughs> It'll probably take me three hours to order the cassette, but I'm damn it, I'm going to try. So we end the month with the last week's TV and open the show with Taz interrupting Joey Styles. Says that he will get Sabu and Sabu's owed receipt number three. We then have Jason coming out with Chastity or Justin coming out with Jason and Chastity, even. A fan gets into a cat fight with Chastity as they're walking to the ring. Justin then canes Chastity. The other woman then gets in the ring. Bob Artis, the ring announcer, tries to ch- save Chastity, but Jason canes him too. Tommy then comes out to make the save, only for Terry Funk to come down. He runs down Tommy, calling him Yeller. They then all beat down Tommy, and Funk then says that Justin is his new protege. We then get a match between Yoshihiro Tajiri and Antifez Del Denotro. Again, only in highlight form, but what we see, this is fucking amazing. And these two, can we have, make sure they stay for a while, because I want to see more of them. Tajiri wins after a beautiful dragon suplex. Then we get my personal highlight of the month. Who is backstage? And Danny Doring comes up to him <laughs> saying he's not sure who's his dad because the Rock and Roll Express double teamed his mum back in the 80s. But as Danny is a brunette, he thinks that Hoot's his dad. You'll hear that now. 
colleague Stephen Prezak is standing by in the back with a, a beloved veteran who has come by and just paid us a visit. Take it away, Stephen. Thank you, Joey. I'd like to welcome to the ECW oh, Arena yeah. uh, one half of the famous Rock and Roll Express, Robert Gibson. Robert, welcome to the ECW well, Arena. Well, you know, it's a pleasure to be in ECW. It's, it's, um, yeah. it's um, Robert Gibson. It's, um, that's Danny Doring. Danny, Danny, Danny Doring. Hey, Danny, look here, Danny. I'm doing a promo right now, if you don't mind, okay? Yeah, I understand that. I No, no, I just got to talk to him. I, I, I'm getting want, to him. Please. Here, if you want Listen, an autograph or something, autograph. I'm glad to give you one in a few minutes. Autograph, that's good. And what's good in the family? Said to you, autograph. Listen, I just got to tell you. Oh, my God, I can't even believe it. Yeah, give you a t-shirt, autograph. Listen, ever since, ever since you... <laughs> That's a humor again, it's good. <laughs> Ever since you and Ricky double teamed my mom in the bathroom in the Hardys, I, I just, I just... Ah! <laughs> At first I, might, I thought it was Ricky, you natural blonde hair, and then you got to talk it, I got to talk it, you got to talk it. Look, I can do it, I can do it, look, look. <laughs> that, that was tremendous, that was a tremendous segment. <laughs> that, that... I think that wins my segment of the month by a, by a mile. Just even when... yeah, it's one of those randomly. I mark out when I see who anyway. I, I love you know the the Rock and Roll Express. They they fill me with such sort of nostalgia to yes bad territory wrestling. <laughs> but Danny Doring is a fucking comedy idiot genius with how he reacts and comes out with the whole hand symbols and. <laughs> Oh, it's just great. It's just like Gibson, like completely no selling it as well, and the look on his face yeah. as he's trying to no sell what Danny Dory is saying. I'm sure they all had a good laugh when the camera was turned off. But this was definitely the highlight of the uh, of the of week three, wasn't it? <laughs> so, following that, we get a match between for the TV title between RVD and Balls Mahoney. We come into the match mid-action. RVD hits a crossbody. Balls with a clothesline to the outside. Both of them outside and brawling. RVD hits the railings. They then go into the crowd. RVD hits a springboard moonsault off the railings. He then goes back into the ring only to go up top and hit a somersault cannonball all the way into the crowd. Both of them back into the ring and RVD hits the five-star frog splash only to get a two. RVD then kicks Balls. RV Balls then hits a short-arm clothesline slam and goes up top and hits a frog splash of his own for a two. Balls with some big punches and a corner splash. RVD misses the Van Daminator and hits the ref instead. Big stiff lariat by Balls followed by a super kick to the chair. He goes up for a second rope leg drop but misses and lands on the chair instead. RVD then eats a power driver onto the chair and that gets a two. RVD hits a super sidekick to a chair. And then Balls hits a Nutcracker Sweep for a two. Big chair shot for a two. And then Fonzie breaks up the pin by lobbing the chair at Balls. Van Dam then hits the Van Daminator at the five-star frog splash to a chair to get the win. Finally, I know we missed the very beginning of it, but at least we get a solid portion of a match. Yes, exactly. Uh, we really needed a, a match after sitting through weeks of TV of just, like you said, highlights and clip for matches. Uh, I, I, say, 
we've we've the only sort of full match we see from start to finish this month is the Justin and Tanaka match. This is the the second closest we get where we you know we missed the very beginning, but as well, soon as we come into it, everything is you know full for the rest of it. Yes, it was definitely worth it. It was uh, worth the wait, really. Um, I, I've always sort of never really rated Bulls Mahoney. I've always sort of seen him as a, as a gimmick more than anything. But here he was like really good. I, I was quite shocked. Uh, um, you know, he was able to keep up with Rob Van Dam. And yeah, there was obviously the lots of uh, nasty looking chair shots in this match. And uh, there was... Uh, Poor, I felt sorry for referee, poor old referee John Finnegan for his bloody nose. But I was I generally quite blown away, and that uh, he's such a, a good worker. I was quite surprised. See, it's the one thing that I've noticed over the past sort of month, a couple of months since he's been teaming up with Seneca, that Balls has been having some really fucking good matches, and if. He gets away from just the walking brawl and just chair shots for the sake of chair shots. He has a lot to offer, you know. Yeah, you could arguably put him in the Fed in the mid card, and he would be a good base for everyone else to sort of get a win over. You know, you'd put him against yeah. Owen and he'd make Owen look good. You put him against Shamrock and he'd make Shamrock look good. Um, obviously, his his image. Mm. makes you think, oh, he's just nothing but like a rubbish hardcore wrestler because he does just wear jean shorts, you know, a Marilyn Manson t-shirt and a dodgy you uh, leotard underneath it. And I'm just like, <laughs> you're not making yourself look sort of sellable to, to the big, big boys, but he has got a lot to offer. Yeah, he definitely uh, he could fit in with the Fed because obviously everyone sort of wears black jean shorts or black trousers now uh, in the Fed anyway. Um, but obviously, he'd be a quite solid like little mid-card hand there. He'd probably fit quite well in with the job squad. Exactly. Um, so the last bit of action we have this month is a FTW title match between Taz and Sabu. Taz opens strong with a fucking nasty German Tazplex. Sabu somehow manages to get up from that and hit a clothesline and gets two counters, slingshot sidekick for a two. A table's put in the corner and Taz is whipped into the table. Sabu follows through with a leg drop. Outside on another table, Sabu hits a triple jump splash through it. Back into the ring, Taz smashes Sabu with what's left of said table. They go back outside. Sabu smashed into the railings. And then they battle into the crowd. Taz lobs Sabu off the bleachers. And then into the wall. Around the back of the building. Back into the ring. Clubbing his way as he goes. Sets up another table in the corner. Back in the ring. Sabu uses a chair for air Sabu. Taz grabs him and hits a dragon Tazplex through the table. Fonzie throws in the towel. At this point, I was watching this with my missus and she looked at me and went, 
If that hasn't broken his neck, he is fucking lucky. Because that is a sick fucking well, he, table la- <laughs> he landed directly on the top of his forehead and then sort of broke the table with his feet by the momentum that he went over. It just looked absolutely devastating. Oh, it was the one, it was the first one though that made me like wince. I was just like Jesus Sabu, you're you're a crazy man for taking that and just the explosiveness of it. But yeah, yeah, that's that's their gimmicks, isn't it? Taz is the suplex machine and Sabu is the crazy arsehole that will <laughs> basically <laughs> take anything. <laughs> Quite happily take it. To finish the match, Taz lies down and pulls Sabu on top of him for the win, meaning we have a new FTW champ in Sabu. Now, this, like, generally confused me because um, I'm right in saying at Guilty as Charged, the, the main event is going to be Sabu versus Taz versus Shane Douglas, correct? At this point, it's not been announced as that. Um, right. It's still being promoted as Sabu versus Shane. Okay. But with coming out of this week's TV... And everything that's been going on so far, it would not surprise me if that's what they go with. Right, well, because I'd like generally um, was I, I I can't say like within the four weeks that I watched, they never really did announce a match. But with Sabu pinning Shane three times and Taz being there, I assumed okay they're going the triple threat route. But so why would Taz want to give up his FTW title to Sabu if he isn't guaranteed to have a world title shot? I, I, I know I haven't been watching enough of ECW, so well, that's probably my own fault. <laughs> originally, it was Shane had asked Taz basically because he had Taz. Shane knew that Taz or Sabu was going to be his opponent at the pay per view. Right. That between. The end of November to remember and guilty as charged. If Taz could take out and break Sabu, he can have a title match. He can have Francine. He can basically have whatever he wants. Just break Sabu. Well, ECW always, whenever I've, I've dropped in and out of ECW, they've always done a number of video packages explaining this. But this month, they just didn't seem to explain, and I'm very unaware of really what's what's going on, Chris. Yeah, it seems to be one of those, if you missed a month, um, you'd be lost. But yeah, um, obviously there was a few rumours going around in the, in the dirt sheets that the pay-per-view plans have changed dramatically in the last few weeks. Ah, okay. Typical pay um, So... Obviously, with nothing being concrete, obviously what what we do know going into the pay-per-view is that we're going to get Tommy versus Justin. We know we're going to get Tanaka versus RVD. And as advertised is Sabu versus Shane. Right. But obviously, everything can change. Cards are subject to change. Oh and, yes, yes, yes. You know, is <laughs> is the famous line that gets said around these sort of things. So, uh, yeah, let's see what we get 
on the 10th of January um, next year. Yeah, is what we what sorry, we get maybe very different to what's what we think we were gonna get. Well, it's definitely got me intrigued, but at the same time, I'm still a little bit confused as to the direction and, and where they seem to be going. But um, no, yeah, I suppose that's ECW at times, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so with that last month's uh, worth of tally, obviously we did speak about the uh, RVD and Balls match. Um, obviously, and the brutality at the end of the Sabu and Taz. Um, is there anything else you wanted to bring up after everything this month? Um, no, I, I think I've sort of uh, asked my questions and uh, I've uh, enjoyed, again, delving into the world of ECW for uh, December and I'll probably go out of my way to uh, order the pay-per-view or get the video cassette tape. That, or I might just get you on here for next month to, you know, give you our access. Ah, oh, perfect. Uh, you can send me the video tape via snail mail. Exactly. Well, I might get your first class delivery. Oh, perfect. Thank you, Chris. You know, <laughs> get it a bit sooner. <laughs> so that leaves me with thank you, Billy, for joining us on this much shorter than usual deluge through the world of extreme. Um, it's it's not been the biggest of months for us, so you know we can't you know stretch out too much if there's not really much to go on. Yeah, um, I, I do apologise. You know, I wish I could add more insight, but there just wasn't really much for us to really cover here, was there? Really? No, it it wasn't the biggest of months, but you know, we did have a big show from you for last month's uh, November to forget show. So <laughs> you know. And we are one of five shows this month. So just as a reminder, Volume 1 is WCW and Starcade. Volume 2, Part 1 is Capsule Carnage for the WWF. Volume 2, Part 2 is the normal TV and rock bottom pay-per-view. Obviously, we're here in ECW. And you also have the big end-of-year award show, which should be mass amounts of fun with all of us on. Is there anything that you would like to pimp and share with the world there, Mr. Billy, before we go? Uh, yes, uh, you can follow me on the Twitter machine uh, at Billy underscore J83. And uh, if you like a bit of British wrestling, then you're more than welcome to go on the Twitter machine and uh, follow at Brit Rest Review, where we've got lots of... Uh, Results and other cool stuff and things for you to like over there. And if you like my musings, obviously go to Show and Tell with Tunes. Um, this month alone, we are pretty much guest hosts all the way through. Rory is on the Christmas special. Eric's on with a bluegrass special of the band that he's brought along to play. Um, there's just loads of fun and games and as it is the end of the year, there is also my 20 albums of the year countdown shows as well. So obviously, if you like music and want a free playlist every weekend, look at Show and Tell with Tunes on iTunes, SoundCloud, and all those other wonderful places that you find these things. And as always, if you want these shows, as soon as they are recorded and edited, Patreon specials, free albums at Christmas... 
and for the grand sum of one dollar for early access and five dollars for exclusive free extra shows go to patreon forward slash wrestling 20 yrs and as i said for as little as a dollar you get early access as soon as the shows are recorded and for five dollars you get the bonus shows and occasionally me chucking weird and wonderful freebies up there that i have access to on the computer and you know with it being the season of giving we would much appreciate it as if you would like to just give us that gift for all the extra content that we give you so that leads me to say merry christmas happy new year and have a wonderful 1999 and until next time Goodbye.